For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Believe in Vikings, the three-in-one edition after week four. I'm Dustin Baker here with Brian McKinney, Sal Spice, Ron Saw, and I think perhaps Wes Johnson stopping by from San Francisco. We're going to go over reactions to Viking Saints, our temperature on the team, and surprises that dribbled out of that game. Now the Vikings play the Bears next week at U.S. Bank Stadium, the two-and-two Bears, who probably aren't as good as their record signifies, but we shall see. Foremost, Bet Online Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends there. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 100% welcome bonus. Oofta. Make sure to use this promo code BLEAV. Believe. Just believe. BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online. Where the game starts. All right, so the Vikings are atop the NFC North thanks to tiebreakers with the Green Bay Packers. It seems like this thing is shaping up to be a two-way race, which we kind of forecasted between the Vikings and Packers. They beat the Saints 28-25 in another crazy game. Uh, Bryant, give me your reaction to the Vikings' third win of the year. Um, I think it was a great win, a much-needed win. Um, Like I said, that was considered an away game for them. Um, I'm pretty sure we're all satisfied that they beat the Saints because it's kind of like... They become like our rival low key. So it was a great road win for them. Amen. Sally, your reaction? Look, I'm glad they pulled it out. Uh, it wasn't as convincing of a win as I think any of us would have liked. A um, lot of drop passes. Defense didn't look too sharp. But in the end, they pulled it out when they needed to. So I'm, I'm happy with it. It would have been especially embarrassing if you lost to a team without their QB1, RB1, WR1, and LG, because that would be like the Vikings playing the Bears this weekend without Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Ezra Cleveland. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and we just kind of forget that because it was such a wild game. But yeah, they needed to win that at least for the optics. And somehow or another, just like the Lions, they did. Right. And, you know, uh, as Vikings fans, those are the games that we typically don't show up for at all with with all the starters out. Usually that's where they struggle the most. I'll never forget last year you uh, came by the tailgate for the Cowboys game and you're just like, oh, this is in the bag. Dak is out. It's Cooper Rush. No big deal. It'll be a blowout. And I'm like, oh, no. No Come PTSD we've, at that moment. We've been moment here before. We've been here before. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was incredibly correct because I was going into that 
I had this thing in my mind from Cooper Rush in the preseason. I think it was like the the Canton game, and he just looked like shit. And I remember thinking, this guy ain't going to do nothing. And then uh, Sally, you know, she, I, I didn't even like for some reason, I don't know why that week, I didn't even consider the backup quarterback thing. And she was like, are you nuts? And I was like, what? This Cooper Rush? And then I was walking in. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be right, isn't she? <laughs> Well, I have my list. I mean, it's, it's not, we don't need to get into his past, but there's, there's quite a lengthy list. And, um, but Hey, Cooper Rush is doing an all right job. So thank God he's not just terrible. No, that would be embarrassing. He hasn't lost in his career. He's playing because they, they simply cannot give up on Dak. Not that they would even want to, but Cooper Rush is playing for a 2023 QB one job somewhere. I'll tell you that right now. Absolutely. At least to audition like the Panthers or some shit like that. Uh, Ron, your reaction to Viking Saints? Well, you know, it's uh, a win's a win. Um, there were some good moments, I would say. Um, again, special teams continues to um, <laughs> look great in all aspects. Um, and there are definitely some things to build upon. But, you know, as O'Connell has said, it like it's like everything's got to come together. He's a first-year head coach. He has his faults. There are some things that I wish we did a little differently. But you know, you go on the, it's still a road game. Yes, it was a road game for both teams, but it's still a road game that you travel to and you come away with a victory against a team that has a really good defense. Um, I mean, outside of Lattimore looking like, uh, you know, um, Bashad Breland from last year, um, you know, the rest of their, their, their front, um, you know, Brian O'Neill played probably his worst game that I've seen him play in a long time. Um, Derisaw continues to impress me. Like he's getting out in space and just destroying guys. Um, but we won. Um, and we won off of, you know, you know, Kirk was able to put together the drive to get us in scoring position. Our kicker didn't miss the, the field goal. Well, I will say, I'm, I jokingly said, I think I texted it um, to you guys. It's when he missed the extra point in my head, I was like, that might not be the worst thing because now they don't have to go play for a touchdown. Now they're playing for a field goal. Um, I, I wish I wasn't right in that. I wish we would have just gotten our stop, but uh, um, to see a kick go our way from the other team, like that was a, a nice little surprise. Um, we're usually the ones on the end of missing kicks. So um, I'm happy with the win. We're four weeks in, we're three and one second in the NFC and our only loss is to the only undefeated team. So as poorly as we've played in spurts, can't really be mad at that. Uh, the results where they're at. My favorite thing about this outcome, um, I think first that we can, ag- I hope we can agree that uh, an ideal uh, resolution for Kevin O'Connell's first year is getting to the playoffs and playing competently when getting there. That would be a good building block. And now, because of these two crazy wins, they just have to be 500 the rest of the way, and they're in the dance. Now there's 13 games left. So ideally they go seven and six, you know, at, at a minimum, and that would put them at 10 and seven. But these two games that have felt kind of meh when you get done watching them about your takeaways, that gives you a cushion. And we didn't have cushions like this. Last time we had one was 2019 where they felt relevant. And now for the first time since arguably like week one of 2018, it feels like we're chasing the Packers. Whereas before we're chasing the sixth or the seventh seed. That's my broad takeaway that they're finding quirky ways to win. I got to ask you this, Sally. So when they came back from the commercial on the first 60 yarder, I'm pretty sure we all knew he was going to hit that one. Like just like, of course he's going to hit that. But even I didn't think he'd hit that second one. I was like, mathematically, he can't hit him. Did you feel he was going to drill that one too? 
I don't know. I, I really did it. I mean, it's partially the PTSD and also, I mean, yeah, two sixty plus yard field goals in a game for Greg, the leg. I mean, I know there's these stories about he can do it. He can do it, but wasn't it, um, didn't he not, what was the kick that he missed against, uh, Detroit? Oh, 56 yarders, oh wasn't it? I'm totally misspeaking. I'm totally misspeaking. Yes. But uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to think. Honestly, I, I went back and forth in my head and I could not watch. I don't know about you guys, um, but it worked out. Well, my PTSD was actually kind of in, in a way the same, but it was more Minneapolis miracle to reverse because we get the field goal to go ahead, leaving them just enough time. So in my mm-hmm. head, I'm like, we're going to find a way to let them get a touchdown and, you know, whether it's walking us off or leaving us a little bit of time, they're going to score a touchdown on us because <laughs> that's what last year did to me in the sector first half. Primarily, it's we couldn't stop anyone, you know, in the fourth quarter against the Lions, Jared Goff to um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like that was where my PTSD went is we can't get a stop. <laughs> uh, Bryant, t- tell me your renewed temperature. The team is three and one, the number two seed. Thanks to tiebreakers in the NFC. When you're watching these games, does it feel like a good, good football team. What's your temperature? Um, I feel like there's still like some mistakes that need to be cleaned up. So the fact that they're finding ways to win compared to, was it last year, two years ago, they kept finding ways to lose at the end. I like that feeling better um, because you still got time to clean some things up. I'm pretty sure they'll go, um, you know, they've watched film, whatever. And, you know, you know, we need to be cleaned up and trying to get better at it by next, you know, next week, the next game. So, I feel better that they're able to find ways to win, even though they might not be the prettiest, but then also it gives you time to like get things, some clean, things cleaned up because it's definitely when it comes to December, that's really when you want to see everybody at a high level. Cause that's how like the momentum carries over into the playoffs. My temperature, uh, I'm still content with my 11 and six prediction, but with the way the defense has played in a lot, most of the games, uh, I'm, I, I have it tapered right there. I don't really think right now that they would get to the NFC championship or win a Super Bowl, but that's the caveat with a team can grow throughout the year. And if they're a good team, they'll grow and get better. But right now I have them pegged kind of where I originally did it, 11 and six, maybe flirt with a playoff win, but probably get bounced in the divisional round. Uh, Sally, what's your temperature? Well, honestly, I hadn't changed much until you just went on about that. Oh, they only have to be uh, 500 the rest of the way. And then I'm doing the math and I'm like, gosh, well, I got some way too low. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. But for now, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, The defense is concerning. So I I think I'm good. It's still at 10 and 7. But it's hard to imagine them losing six more games right now. Yeah, that's the other part of it. I guess the easy because there's 13 games left. If you wanted a little uh, starter kit, how to think of it, they basically can win and lose every other game the rest of the way. And then they will be 10 and seven and in the postseason because of the expanded seven game. Now, it won't happen that way, but it's if you right. lose one, you got to win the next one. Um, and then if you start to flirt with, you know, getting one below 500, then you're in nine and eight purgatory once again. But yeah, that's just kind of rule of thumb. Thanks to these two weird wins. They can they can go seven and six the rest of the way, and they will be probably the five, six, or seven seed. Ron, your temperature. Well, you know, in a way, I actually uh I feel better this week than I did last week. Um, while I think I would have liked to go out and beat a team that's missing their quarterback one, wide receiver one, running back one. I'd like to beat them by more than just a field goal in the you know last few minutes. Uh, but again, a win's a win. The reason why I'm a little more 
optimistic on the season is because yes, we have our areas of weakness, but there's not a team in the NFL outside of the Eagles who have who've been clicking on all cylinders that where their fan base, if you pulled them, where they wouldn't have concern. You watch Matthew Stafford tonight, and he's the Matthew Stafford that throws the ball to the defense. Like if Jaquiski Tart again catches that in the championship game, Stafford is viewed like he's always been viewed, um, not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So it's it, every team has their their faults. And what I like about this in our position is we have a first year head coach who's learning on the job, learning how to operate, but clearly he's getting his team to stay with the fight and continue to battle for him. I mean, even like after Lewis scene went out with that injury, that horrific injury, um, that in itself if, as a, as a player has got to be hard to recoup from. Um, but they, again, they navigated that, um, all the way to the end and they're learning and they're finding ways to flip the script. Whereas last year they're finding ways to let the other team flip the script on them. So hopefully that can continue. Um, but in these tight wins, um, close losses, there's always learning that you're going to get from it more. So like, you know, we've talked about before than in a blowout game. So hopefully those continue to stack up and, you know, you gain some confidence and a la Bryant um, Ravens team where you get some confidence and go in the playoffs, whether you're a six seed, five seed, or you win the division. If you start clicking at the right time, you know, you can go and you can beat, you know, the Peyton Manning's Tom Brady's and, you know, all those hall of fame quarterbacks that you guys went through uh, to get yours. Um, so I'm feeling good about it going into Chicago. Brian, how does it feel to be in a locker room three and one versus a team that's one and three? Is it, is it noticeably different? Or is it just oh, yeah. getting your lunch pal going to work? Um, no, it's definitely different because uh, the energy is in there. Like, you're winning. So it's going to bring, like, you know, good energy in there. And um, where do we pick – like, where do we say we thought that they would be after four games? Like, did we say – I think we I all were kind of three in the one. same boat. Three and one or two okay. and two. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was two and two but could have seen one and three. I was I was kind of chastised for my you know four and two to five and one. You were, and buy, I owe so. you an apology. <laughs> I owe you an apology, and I owe the listeners an apology for having two seltzers before this broadcast because apparently I can't even remember who hit a sixty-one yard kick and who did it. So um, no, Ron, seriously, I, did, I really was negative on no, the beginning good. of the season. I mean, I'm just admitting I was wrong. I really didn't see it going this way, so I I feel great. Not well, only because of the record, but the seltzers as well. <laughs> One of the things that's cool is that uh, for some reason we had the Packers defense, the Eagles defense, and the Saints defense all stacked up in four weeks. And those are three of the best in the business, probably top 10 when the season's over. They were called top five when the season began. Um, I'm not sure if the Packers or Saints will be top five. But now the schedule can kind of open up outside of the Bills game, depending on what kind of Belichick defense shows up on Thanksgiving. Uh, we should have a little bit of a reprieve. There are a couple chunks of the Vikings schedule that are where they should rattle off wins. And it's kind of right, you know, now maybe in Miami, if Teddy plays and then Washington, and oh. Arizona, <laughs> and then after Thanksgiving, it's uh, what is it? The Jets, Lions, Giants and Colts. So nobody expects them to beat the Bills. They'll probably do something wonky against the Cowboys because that always happens. Uh, but there there are two four-game stretches in there that they need to take care of business. And I think that's when we'll find out uh, how good they are. Uh, Brian, whether it was from the Saints game or t- through four weeks, what was one of your surprises about the team in general? 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Um, being able to kind of go over to London and come out with a win was really a surprise to me. Um, just from the traveling and getting used to the timing and everything, and just kind of like our ongoing feud with the things. I just wasn't sure how this was going to happen and how this was going to turn out. Um, I feel like the rest of the game so far, I feel like I've been kind of, I felt good about. Yeah, indeed. And you've been nail- nailing these predictions on top of it all. Uh, I-, I will couple mine with the Saints game and then in a broader context, when the Vikings sl- selected Lewis Seen, they really promoted him as kind of the next big thing. I thought it was a shoe-in back in May that he would be a starter opposite Harrison Smith. Something happened in the summer that indicated he's not, and now he had the gruesome injury, and we won't see him again until 2023, and hopefully we see him again in general because some of the early reporting about, you know, hopefully he'd be able to walk correctly is a little concerning, um, but I think it's just the, the sad turn of events with Lewis Seen is one of my biggest surprises because if you would have asked me the day after the draft, I would have been like, oh, yeah, no, this dude will this dude will see some action as a rookie. But because of the injury and the, the preseason action, no, no, no such luck. Sally, what's your biggest surprise of the Saints game or through four weeks? Uh, yeah, just to touch on what you said about Lewis. I mean, it's it's extremely disappointing that he had the injury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, it's a devastating injury. But, I mean, all the reports were – at least that I've heard that he wasn't where he needed to be. And that was really surprising. Mm-hmm. So not to kick a, kick a horse when he's down, but that, I mean, that's more surprising to me than the injury, but most surprising uh, for me is I have not had to criticize Kirk Cousins very much at all. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I really haven't had anything bad to say about him. So that's very, very surprising. Would have never, would have never imagined that happening. It's it's actually quite funny because usually he's chided for putting up these sexy numbers but not getting wins, and now he's getting wins but not putting up overly sexy numbers. And it's like, which guy is this here? Can he do both right. eventually? Yep, I know. I was just talking about that with Wes. He's, he said that Wes has been very Stafford-like in his uh, fantasy numbers. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Because I had Stafford. I know how, what he's up to there. Yeah, Cousins is, was he at six touchdowns through four games? Usually about this time he has 10, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. But, but then you start to, uh, you know, look in the mirror. It doesn't matter if your team's three and one and he's has these fourth quarter comebacks or game winning drives that are, you know, so delectable. Then that's the way it goes. Ron, what's your biggest surprise of the Saints game or the season in general? Well, you know, the, the for me, the biggest surprise, I guess, of the season, but a lot of it's from the Saints game is uh, the lack of impact from Daniil Hunter. Yeah. Now, I personally, like, I think, obviously, he doesn't look like he's lost a step. Like, when he, you know, puts it down and he runs, he still has that athleticism, the speed. I, and I've been talking about it, you know, for weeks now, the scheme is bothering, is very bothersome to me. It's that he's dropping into coverage a lot, and I understand that's part of the scheme. Zadarius Smith has been playing well, um, getting to the quarterback, getting a sack. 
but Hunter and his ineffectiveness. If I'm Ed Donatel, like me, a key to a good coach is you have a player, you maximize their strength. Like if it's not working, dropping him in coverage, you know what? You kind of take a step back and just be like, go get the quarterback. Just run it. Do what you're best at. Like he's the most, um, prolific pass rusher um, to get to 50, like to get to 50 sacks and the youngest to ever do it, let him get back to doing that. If it's getting back into the kind of football shape and that routine, let him do what he's comfortable doing before you start mixing in other parts of the game. Um, that combined with the rest of the defensive scheme just, again, baffles me. Um, the no pressure, the no um, getting guys off of their routes, um, like even the touchdown to – Olave, it's like Olave is a wiry guy. Like if you jam him at the line, especially when he's playing in the slot in the middle there, it's going to be harder for him to get open. It's not, um, you know, Michael Thomas or even Jarvis Landry, who is a physical guy. Um, so that's what I'm a little more worried about. And I can see us getting into trouble or going two ways, either getting into trouble or correcting it and finding ways around it. Um, that's the biggest surprise. But then the other part is, um, we have, we've had a lot more drops as a receiving cord, you know, Jefferson included. I know that was a little behind him, but if you're one of the best receivers in the game, you come down with that ball, um, that cousins through the one that Johnny Munt dropped, that would have been a, at least a first down, if not a walking touchdown. Um, those are concerning because where we can't continue to have that. Cause imagine if they catch those balls, that's two more touchdowns that Kirk has. And now he's back to looking like the numbers that he would be. Um, so hopefully they can button some of those up and, and then, you know, see the offense start to click a little bit more and score touchdowns rather than settling for field goals. Yeah. That, that field goal bullshit won't work against the dolphins or the bills. Um, they just have too much offensive firepower, which the saints for the most part did not because of injuries. I think with Daniil Hunter, what we did when they hired Ed Donatel was, uh, we were, we looked at him. We looked at the pictures of his biceps, and we're like, "Oh, this guy can play three, four. Yeah, he just he just gave off the aura that he'd be able to do it. But I think there's more of an acclimation process that either he's not going to be as good in the three, four, or it takes a little bit more time. Um, I think I, I I think I was guilty of that too. You just look at the specimen and say he'll be fine. But and I don't you know. want to see it end up like Brian. I'm sure you remember the name Aaron Campman when he was on Green yeah. Day when he was a four three defensive end. He was elite. He was a great pass rusher, put up great numbers. When he moved to a three, four outside linebacker, he, his career fell off and he never recovered. Now, again, Daniil's younger, you know, he's only 27 years old, but I don't want to see something like that impact um, his, his prowess. Like you're trying to, you know, it'd be like moving you to guard. Like <laughs> sure. You're physically, like, you, you're big enough. You're physical enough. You can do it, but that changes everything about your style of play. And then maybe you just get, uncomfortable doing the things that you're normally good at because now you have to worry about another element. I don't want to see that happening. And, you know, I know he hasn't played football for a year and a half or whatever it's been, but to me, he's still showing the flashes of the player that he is. It's just, I don't think he's being used correctly. All right. Uh, I want to say that I would want to say that. I think that um, he's just not comfortable in that, um, that type of defense. And it's probably going to take him some time to get used to, like, get used to that. Because when did he ever play that? You know, so I think it's going to just take him time just trying to make adjustments. Let's hope that he gets there because we need him, especially at his price tag. That's the other big part of this. Um, All right. Is the whole group available Wednesday for our Bears preview? I think so. I got to check what time my flight is, but I think so. Okay. All right. We'll be back. I'll let you know when we get off this call if I'm not.
All right, cool. We will uh, unpack the Bears and get ready for them for week five. And that's all we got tonight. We'll talk to you guys in 48 hours. Okay. Bye, guys. Later. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.